Merry Christmas, and thank you for your steadfast dedication to our Lord Jesus Christ. In this celebration of our Lord's birth, Pastor Lau and Pastor Da would like to welcome you to the following Christmas message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's teaching that will change your life with love, joy, and peace in Jesus. And now, Pastor Lau. Thank you, Lord. Are you ready for the Word of God? Yes. Amen. Christmas season. So I'd like to preach about Christmas. And the sermon today, the topic is, God messes up your plans. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> when God messes up your plan, that is the topic of the today's sermon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the wonderful time to come into your presence. We love to come back to the family here. This is your family. You are our father, and Jesus is our biggest brother, and we all brothers and sisters. We come to celebrate together your love, your goodness, your presence, your Lord, your forgiveness and salvation and healing. We come, Lord, to celebrate Christmas as well. We love you so much, Lord. We ask for the Holy Spirit to be our teacher today. Speak to every one of us today, Father, with your word. And Lord, you are the teacher, Holy Spirit. We depend on you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. When Jesus was born a couple thousand years ago, many people did not plan to see him at all. And many people did not even expect the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, many people, their plans were messed up by the birth of Jesus. I give you an example. One of the persons that the plans, his plan was messed up is Herod. Herod planned to become the king of the Jews. But the real king of the Jews came. So his plan was messed up. The shepherds, their plans were messed up as well. They planned to have another quiet night with their sheep, just relaxing. But then the angels showed up. So their plans were messed up. And also, the religious leader of the Jews also faced the messing up of their plan. They planned to see the Deliverer, the political savior who would come and deliver them from the Roman captivity. But when Jesus showed up, he said, turn another cheek, love your enemies, and go to the second mile. And all these religious leaders say, wait a minute, I thought you were the Messiah. I thought you were going to come and overthrow the Roman Empire for us. So their plans were messed up as well. Joseph and Mary were a young couple. Maybe just past the teenage year. And they were engaged together. And suddenly God came in supernaturally to mess up their plan. They just want to have little Marys, a little Joseph, and have a good family life. But the angel shows up and tells them three things. Number one, you're going to get pregnant before wedding. And that is not fun to hear. And number two, the father of this baby is not Joseph. 
It's going to be a virgin birth by the Holy Spirit. And number three, the baby inside is God. So their plans totally mess up at that time. And how many people in this room have the situation like this, that you plan to do something, but God came in and turned things around and messed up your plan? <laughs> when I graduated from neurosurgery in Thailand and I came to America, my first thinking is that I'm going to finish training to be board-certified neurosurgeon, and I plan to be a professor in a big university, writing many journals, become famous in the U.S. But then God messed up my plan. I turned to be a pastor, and I'm not a professor at the university anymore. I believe that all of you have experienced this kind of thing in your life, that God came in to mess up your plan. Not everything that happened on earth here is the plan of God. Because God is not the author of evil. When somebody gets a cancer, when somebody gets raped, gets robbed, gets killed, that is not the plan of God. Because God is not the author of evil at all. So don't blame God when bad things happen because our God is a good God. He only brings in good things. Bad things come from sin and come from the devil. And the other fact that we need to understand that sometimes it's not God who mess up our plan, but it's ourselves that mess up our own plan because our stupidity and our ignorance. And sometimes we don't pay attention enough and we make mistakes and we mess up our own plan. But sometimes other people mess up our plan, not God. So don't always blame God. But many times God intervenes and mess up the plan that we plan to do. And Christmas story is the story of how God messed up the plan of Joseph and Mary and many people in that generation. We learned three things today. When God messes up our plan, what happened? Number one, so that God can get our attention and we can listen to God more. Number two, God has a different plan for us. And number three, we can learn to trust God. Everyone say, God wants my attention. Joseph and Mary just want to get married and have a nice family. Beautiful kids, buy their home and set up a family. But suddenly, the angel shows up and spoke to them with a new message. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen right away. You're going to get pregnant first. So God messed up their plan to get their attention. God spoke to them through the angel. At that time, only a few people had the Holy Spirit. Inside them, like the king, the priest, and the prophet. So Mary and Joseph were not filled with the Holy Spirit like us. God used the angel to speak to them. In our generation here, we don't need to wait for an angel to show up in our room. Because God will speak to us through the Holy Spirit. When God speaks to us through our spirit, it's in the heart here. When the devil speaks to us, he speaks to our brain, and we call temptation. He deceives us and tempts us to do bad things. But God can speak to our spirit and give us inspiration, revelation, lights, and understanding, and direction from the Lord. God wants to speak to all of us. But the big problem is that when it comes to the issue of listening to God, many of us have a condition called ADD. Attention Deficit Disorder. ADD. We don't pay attention to God. We're too busy listening to the radio, listening to the TV, listening to our own friends and ourselves. 
and we always put God on hold and put God on a call waiting and say, God, I'm too busy. Could you please wait a bit? So we just put on hold or call waiting and we don't listen to God. And when we don't listen to God, God has to do something to say, hello, wake up. I need to speak to you. I need you to listen to me. Wake up. How does he wake us up? He has to mess up our plan. Maybe you lose your job. Maybe something happened to you that you need to change direction because God wants to speak to you. Psalm chapter 81 verses 8 to 13 talking about God wants to speak to people. Listen to me, O my people, why I give you stern warnings, O Israel, if you would only listen. You must never have a foreign God. You must not bow down before a false God. For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. Thank God. He's a good God. But no, my people would not listen. Israel did not want me around, so I let them follow their blind and stubborn way, living according to their own desires. But oh, that my people would listen to me, Oh, that Israel would follow me walking in my path. So the whole passage here in Psalm, the book of Psalm, chapter 81, he say, Hello, I want your attention. Could you please listen to me? Why should we listen to God? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 25, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Have you ever experienced that? You're so smart, you have PhD, master degree, you're so smart person, you plan, you think that this plan is the best plan. Wow, that stock, I'm gonna buy that stock. I think it's gonna go up. But after a few days, you lose a lot of money. You plan something, but it did not turn out the way you wanted or desired to be. Even though you're so smart, the plan seemed right in the eyes of man, but it ended up with Dead end or disaster. How many people faced that before? Why do we face disaster when we make plans? The reason is because we don't know everything. We don't know the future. And because we don't know the future, we cannot figure it out what's going to happen tomorrow. And we can plan the best we can, but we can miss it. And we can make a big mistake. Who knows the future? God. God knows the future. God knows and see around the corner that you haven't seen yet. God knows the upcoming problem. God knows the detours of our life. He knows the roadblocks that is coming. So he can warn us. He can tell us how to get around and how to get into the success. That's why God wants our attention. And God wants to speak to us. Do you notice that in the Bible, many times God says, do this. And you shall be blessed, you shall be successful, you shall be prosperous, you shall have life, you shall have wonderful things, good family. But don't do this. If you do these things, you're going to face the curse, the failure, the heartache, disappointment, setbacks, sickness, and problem and failure. So God always warns us and tells us what is right and what is wrong. A lot of people misunderstand God. They thought that God is like a cosmic cop that want to exercise authority. I have a gun and I'm going to tell you what to do. And you don't listen to me, you're in trouble. 
Many people understand God that He is a tyrant, a big giant, come to hit our head and say, "If you don't do this, you get into trouble." No, God is not like that. How many moms in this room tell your little child that don't touch that hot pot because the hand gonna burn, get burned? Why did the mom tell the kid not to touch the hot stove because the mom love her kid? Is that right? God want to speak to us. To protect us, because when we listen to God, we can spare a lot of heartaches, a lot of disappointments, and a lot of pains in our life. He can tell us what is the right thing to do, give us the right plan, so that we don't have to go through failure and disappointment and heartache. That's why sometimes God need to mess up our plan to get our attention. I remember many years ago, I myself faced that situation. Just tell you short story. We have a small church at that time, about 50 people. A nice man walk into the church. Wow, very charismatic. And I would look at him and say, "Wow, I want to train this man to be my assistant pastor." So I spend time with him every week. Went to his home, teach him, and train him to be a pastor in the church. I spent almost two years. And one day, suddenly, he invited me for dinner and say, "Pastor Lau, I want to tell you the news that I'm leaving the church. I want to cry." Because I did not spend time with my wife and kids every week, and drive for many hours back and forth to his house, I was very disappointed. God messed up my plan. I want him to be my assistant pastor because at that time the church was small. I need help. But I asked him, "Why do you want to leave the church?" And he said, "Your church is so dry. There is no Holy Spirit. You just have only rituals in your church. I could not stand anymore. I had to leave. I don't get mad at him." But I repented and say, I believe God want to speak to me. I think God wakes me up that this church lacked the Holy Spirit. At that point, I began to pursue the anointing and the fire and the presence of God. God messed up my plan so that I shall wake up and listen to Him. Amen. So sometimes bad things don't turn around to be bad all the time if we listen to God. That is the first thing we need to understand. God misses our plan so that we can give Him full attention and don't practice ADD. Okay. Number two, God misses our plan because He has a better plan for us. Everyone say better plan. One fact of life is that we all were created by God. And if you try to tell me as a neurosurgeon that you came from monkey, it's too late now. Because I see so many brains, I have seen how the brain function. The left side here controls speech, here control memory, here control coordination. All the brains so well designed. There is no way I come from potassium and calcium and chloride mixed together in the sea to become a man like me. There must be a great designer, and his name is Jehovah God. He designed me. Amen. I did not come from monkey. How many thousand years in human history you see monkey make banana bread and make hang pao? Never, or make even hairstyle. But we have creative idea like God because we were created by God. Amen. So I totally believe that there is a creator as a scientist, <laughs> and not only God created us. But he created us with a heavenly purpose. 
each one of us was created with the uniqueness of your life. The way you speak, the voice, the eyes, the talent, the gift, everything is so unique. So each and every one of us has a special, unique purpose on earth here. We live in this world only a short period, only maybe 80 years, 90 years, 120 years. I expect 120 years myself. I don't expect 80 years. I expect 120 years. I haven't gone through half of my life yet. God gave us a certain time on earth here, but we need to find our purpose. And that's what we call the plan of God. God needs to mess up our plan to change the plan into his plan. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 in NLT, I know what I am planning for you. He has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us, Say the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. A lot of people misunderstand Christianity. They think that if they believe in Jesus, follow the Lord, serve the Lord, they can have a miserable life, no more fun, no more joy, no more laughter, total boredom. No, God has a good plan, a fun plan for us. It's fulfilling plan. Amen? Amen. And God wants us to tap into that heavenly purpose and plan by messing up some of our personal little plan that we have so that we can enter the meaningful purpose and plan of heaven that he designed for us since we were born. What are the three characteristics of God's plan for us? The new plan, the better plan. Number one is a bigger plan. Joseph and Mary just want to get married, have a family, little kids, stay in a home, have a wonderful family for themselves. But God showed up and said, stop, stop. I have a better plan for you, bigger plan. You both going to bless the whole world. It's not just a little home that you're going to have in Nazareth. You going to bless the whole world, the nations. You are the son of David. You are going to use you. I'm going to mess up your plan so that my bigger plan will be in you. Amen. God has a bigger plan for all of us. We need to say yes to God. God, I'm committed. I want you to use me. My plan is too little. Why God's plan is bigger? Because he has a bigger perspective. If you put your eyes in the eyes of God and look at the whole universe, you're going to see that God's perspective is much bigger than us. For us, it's just, okay, I've got a job, i get got a house, and have a car, have a refrigerator, I have my retirement plan, that's all I want. I just need a family. But God says, oh, my plan is bigger than just have a family and have a nice house in Kirkland or in Tukwila. God has a bigger plan for us to impact the whole world. So God say, I'm going to give you a bigger plan. You need to commit to me and you need to yield to me. Let me use you. God give you better plan, bigger plan if you yield to let him work in you, with you, and through you. Everyone say in, in. With, with, and through. So you need to let God work in you like what God worked in Mary and Joseph. And God worked with them and through them. We need to find that plan of God. Number two, God's plan is not only better because it's a bigger plan, but it's harder and more difficult plan. As human beings, we have a tendency to find easy way out. We like to choose the road of the least resistance. Everything easy, easy. But God say, I want to give the harder plan. 
more difficult plan. Why God give us more difficult plan? Because God care about your character more than your comfort. If it's easy, you will be spoiled. Is that right? Everything easy. Everything come the way you want. God said you have to go through some hardships, some difficulties. Look at what happened to Mary. The original plan was messed up by God. And when God said you're going to get pregnant before marriage, what happened? She has to endure gossiping. She has to endure misunderstanding in the city. And when she go to her friend, hi, you know, the baby inside is here is God. Oh, I believe that. Oh, the baby is God. I believe you. I think people laugh at her. She has to go through hardship. Not only that, many ladies at the end of their pregnancy, what they like to do, they just want to lay around resting, ready to give birth to the baby. But for Mary, at the end of her pregnancy, she had to ride on the donkey for many days from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Is it comfortable? Have a big tummy? Riding on a donkey for many days and not like freeway I-5 like here. It's very difficult up and down on the hill. And when she got there, she did not have even a place to stay. She needed to get into a stable with the smell of the animal. Normally, when you have a baby, you like to have your mom, your grandmom, and all the comfort at home to be around you. But she gave birth in a stable. No mom, no grandmom. No friend around, just between her and her husband, and all the animals. It's not comfort. Mary has to go through some hardships because God's plan is better and bigger. Everyone say, better plan, bigger plan, and harder plan. Not only that, but God's plan is very rewarding. Everyone say, more rewards. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. When God shifted your plan, you think, why I have to go through this? I believe Mary was thinking, God, if this is really God inside me, why didn't I give birth in a comfortable palace or mansion? Why am I here? I think she was really arguing with God a little bit. What is going on here? But the Bible promised in First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, however, as it is written, no eyes has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. When you love God and you do the will of God, God said, I have prepared rewards for you. You take care of God's business, He takes care of your business. He will bless you financially. He will give you a lot of good things to be able to fulfill the plan of God. He gives you material, money, position, jobs, influences. He gives you a lot of things to be able to fulfill the plan of God on earth here. But more than that, He gives you significance and also satisfaction. There is nothing more fulfilled than to know who you are in Christ and walk according to the plan of God. Amen. Amen. I admit to you, frankly, that I have less and less fun performing back operation and brain operation than before. I think at one time of my life, my calling was to help people as a medical doctor. And it's so fun to open somebody's skull and take the tumor out. But now my calling is changed to be more preaching the gospel, bringing the fire of God to people. 
Have more fun lay hand on people and see that fire of God touch people. Demon come out. Ooh, so fun. Ooh, see demon come out from people, touch people, fire of God change people's life. Wow, I have satisfaction on the inside of me. Sometimes I lay hand on 1,000 people in Thailand. People ask me, are you not tired? I say, yes, I'm tired. But I'm happy. I'm more happy than standing at the operating room performing surgery for four hours because I find my niche. I find my calling and the purpose of my life. I find my significance. I know why I am on earth here now. The bird will not be happy if the bird tries to swim in the water. The bird will be happy when it flies in the air. The same thing, the the fish will not be happy if you try to put the fish to fly. The fish need to swim. The same thing, you need to find the purpose of your life, what God called you to do, and flow into that calling and that purpose. And you're going to be the most happiest person in the whole world. You will find that you are so significant on earth here. God still needs you. Amen? And you're going to find satisfaction and fulfillment in your heart. People who don't follow the plan of God look fatigued, look unhappy, distressed, and frustrated. But when you find the purpose of God in your life, you're going to be happy, fulfilled, and joyful, and very, very uplifting, very positive person because you know who you are in Christ. Amen? So in conclusion, when we talk about the plans of God, that God has better plan. For every human on earth here, God said, I want you to do three things. Number one, I need you to have a personal relationship with me. If you have a personal relationship with God, you have salvation. Number two, God said, I want you to find and discover and figure out what is your specific unique purpose that God created you to be and to do. You need to find out why you are here on earth, the purpose of your life. Number one, you need to have relationship with God. You cannot find the purpose of life without having relationship with God. You can have millions of dollars. Yesterday, I talked to my accountant. He said that one of his clients has seven million in the bank, but this client still were unhappy and worry about not having enough money to spend until she died. You can have all the money, you can have all the property, but you will not be happy until you have relationship with the Lord. Two, you need to find the purpose why you are here on earth. And that is not your own purpose and plan. It's God's bigger plan and purpose why you are here on earth. Number three, the third thing that Jesus came into the world to do for us is so that we can develop our character to be mature and develop our giftings so that we can fulfill the plan before we die. Amen? Jesus came into the world for these three purposes. Number one, so that we can know God and have relationship with God. Number two, so that we can find the purpose of our life. And number three, he opened the door for the Holy Spirit to come into our life so that we can develop our character to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit and to have the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we can fulfill the purpose of God in our life. How many people agree that everyone will die one day? Many people live in this life as if they will never die. We will die one day, all of us. And when we die, we can stand before the Lord. And on that day, He will not ask you what denomination you are in. He will not ask you where is your home. 
He will not ask you what kind of job you do. He's going to ask you this question: Number one, do you know my son Jesus? Do you have a personal relationship with my son that I sent there into the world 2,000 years ago? He's going to ask you: Do you have that relationship? This is the first question. And if you flunk that test, you cannot get to heaven. But if you say yes, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. The second question he can ask you: Did you find the purpose of your life on earth here? What did you do with it? Did you use your gift and talent to fulfill the purpose of life that I have for you on earth here? And if you say yes, I did. You get into heaven with big rewards. And I can say with my full confidence that one day when I stand before God, I can answer both questions. Yes and yes. I don't have to stand there and say, "Hmm, I'm not sure I know Jesus. I have gone to church for many years, but I never have relationship with Him. I would not have to say that, oh, you know, God, I'm sorry. I'm too busy with my practice. I'm too busy with my life. I cannot have time to read the Bible and go to church and have relationship with Jesus. I'm too busy to find out the purpose of my life. I'm sorry if that is the answer. It's between you and God. What is the end of it? I'm not going to tell you, but I pray that everyone who listens to this sermon will be able to say yes. I have relationship with Jesus. Two, I find the purpose of my life. Three, I fulfill. Jesus say, my food is to do the will of my Father and complete it. Can you say the same thing? I find the purpose of life in me, and I will fulfill it before I die. That's number two. Number one, God messes up your plan so that you can give Him more attention. Number two, so that He can give you the better plan, His purpose. Number three, God wants you to learn how to trust Him. Romans chapter eight verse twenty-eight, the Bible say in Living Bible, we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. God say that. No matter what happened, we know that we love God, and it's going to end up good. I can trust God with all my heart. I can have full trust and faith in God. Can you imagine when the angel told Mary, "You're going to be pregnant," and by the way, Joseph is not a father, and it's going to happen before wedding. Wow! How much faith Mary have to exercise? How much trust Mary have to put? In God, that yes, everything gonna be okay. I'm not gonna be stoned. I'm not gonna be rejected. My mom and my dad will not misunderstand me. She has to put her trust in God. Everything gonna be all right. And when the angel appeared to Joseph, Joseph, by the way, your fiance is pregnant. I believe the first reaction is, oh, I'm gonna withdraw my engagement right now. Did Joseph trust God? Did Joseph take her? Into his life, marry her. Yes, both Joseph and Mary exercised their faith and their trust in God. Do you know how to please God? What can we do to please God? We can please God by religion, tradition, rituals, many recreation in the church. How can we please God? Look at Hebrew chapter eleven verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory. To him, for whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek Him out. 
This is Amplified Bible. How can we please God? Have faith. Lately, I told Pastor Da, if you notice, I preached more on the message of faith in this church in the past few years. And I told Pastor Da that as a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, and also as a pastor, I noticed that since I get into the message of faith and grow in faith myself, I'm happier than before. In the past, when I started the church many years ago, this church, I start with the message of rule and regulation. You have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And after I preach, I'm tired because I cannot do it myself either. So many rules in the church, so many regulations. I'm serious. We start the church that way. This church changed a lot already in the past 20 years. We have changed because God deal with the pastor. He dealt with me and I changed and repented. Faith is so important. Without faith, we cannot please God. Amen? God wants to train us to have faith. And sometimes when the plan is messed up, what happened? We need to come to God and say, God, I trust you with all my heart. I will not depend on my own understanding. I believe everything going to be all right. God wants to develop our faith. In this Christmas, some of you may feel lonely. Some of you may be stressed out right now with your responsibility and a lot of chopping. Some of you may be the last minute chopper, and I'm one of them. Some of you may buy tomorrow, may go tomorrow, 24th, last minute chopper. So stressed out. Some of you may feel discouraged right now because this year has not been as good as you think. Maybe this is the first Christmas after you lost your loved one. Your loved one died. This might be the first Christmas after divorce. Your spouse left you. No matter what happened to you, I want to tell you, God has the message of hope and love to you. Don't focus on the problems. Don't focus on yourself. Why don't we start to focus on building relationship with Jesus? Why don't we start to focus on finding the purpose of your own life? And start to work on it. Do it. Develop your gift and your spiritual life to be mature. And walk according to that purpose. God will give you a new joy and new hope, and new life. Don't focus on the negative. Focus on the future. I'm going to find the purpose of God. From today on, I'm going to build a relationship with Jesus Christ. I will be filled with the Holy Spirit. I will serve the Lord. I will know exactly why I'm here on earth. You are not here on earth just to fill up the space. Not to waste the air, oxygen. You're not here on earth just to waste food on earth here. You're on this earth for a purpose. Jesus came into the world to have relationship with you. He came as a baby. Thank God. He did not come into the sky with, with like a big giant. He came as a baby so that he can relate to us and he can understand how human live on earth here. And we can have relationship with Jesus. And then find the purpose of your life. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, the Bible say, And you will seek me and find me, and when you search for me with all your heart. Let us become the seeker like the wise men. 
Let us seek to know God. Let us seek to know the purpose of God and to fulfill the purpose of God in our life. And if you can do that, you shall be satisfied and you shall find your significant. From now on, if God messes up your plan, don't complain, but start to pay attention to God more. Listen to Him more. Number two, you realize that God has a better plan for you. Number three, you begin to exercise faith and trust in the Lord. I believe that there are three groups of people in this room. One group are committed believers who love God, who really know Jesus personally and discover your own calling, your own purpose of life. This group of people, I want to encourage you in this Christmas time, be joyful and celebrate what Jesus did for you. We should be thankful. A while ago, I was thinking about the King and Jesus. I was crying because I thank God that I was lost, but I'm found now. I was a Buddhist. Now I know God. Now I know the purpose of my life. I have a relationship with Jesus. He's my Lord and my Savior. I rejoice. I celebrate Christmas with joy. The second group of people are those who know God before, but you kind of backslide. You don't walk with God anymore, and you don't really pursue the purpose that God has for you. I want to ask you to come back home and begin to build a relationship with the Lord and begin to discover the purpose of your life and fulfill that purpose. On the last day before you close your eyes and be with the Lord, you can say, I have done my best. I finished my race. I finished the course. I'm going to go to heaven and stand before Jesus. He will say to me, good and faithful servant, well done, and come in to receive the reward. Start to do that from now on. Amen. Number three, people who don't know God at all in this room. You may have gone to church for a few times, listen to your wife talking about Jesus. You see the Bible on the table when your spouse read the Bible, but you don't know God. I want to encourage you today. You are not for monkey. And in fact, think about this. Jesus was born from a virgin. There were more than 300 prophecies about Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. I mean, I'm talking as an intellectual man, okay? I'm intellectual, I'm a neurosurgeon. 300 prophecies about the birth of Jesus and the life of Jesus before he was born. And all of them were fulfilled except his second coming. From the law of probability, if you toss a coin, the chance of being head or tail is 50%. If you prophesy about somebody, eight prophecy and all fulfill, it will be one over 10, 16 power. And this is 300 prophecy fulfilled in one life. Born from a virgin, perform signs and wonders, claim that I am the son of the living God. His teaching changed millions of people in the world. And not only that, after he died, he came back to life three days later. And this was recorded in the history of the Jews that a man named Jesus was raised from the dead. And he was seen by more than 500 people. He was raised up to heaven in front of their eyes. As a scientist, as a surgeon, as a neurosurgeon, I cannot deny that Jesus is the son of the living God. The evidences that God is real and Jesus is the son of the living God is beyond human argument. 
I cannot argue anymore. He is God, Amen. and that's why I was converted to be a Christian. Amen. And I never want to convert back. Amen. God is real. Amen. Jesus is the Son of the Living God, and He wants to give you life. He said that I come to give you life and give it more abundantly. Amen. If you are the third group of people, I want to encourage you to make a decision. You will never be happy. You will never be fulfilled. No, even though you have high education, lots of money, high position in the company, until that void in your heart, God come in to fill it. You need to fill your heart with the presence of God. He created you. If you don't accept Him, you will never become happy until you find Him and have relationship with Him. Amen. I like to encourage you to invite Jesus to come into your heart today. Amen. How many people want to have that life filled with the presence of God? Raise your hand up. Hallelujah. Pray with me, Father in heaven. I give my life to you. You created me, Lord Jesus. You died for me. You were raised from the dead for me. To give me life, forgive me, cleanse me, give me a new heart, new spirit. Lord Jesus, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. Come into my life right now. From today on, I will build relationship with you. I will not just know about you, but I really know you. And have deep relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Help me to find the purpose of my life. Your plan, not my plan. Your bigger and better plan, much more rewards. Oh Lord, help me to trust you with all my heart, without depending on my own understanding. I give my life to you, Lord Jesus. This Christmas time, I start a new life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's stand up. I would like to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's ask God for the blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, you're so good. You love us so much. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is the manifestation of God's love. You love us that you gave your one and only Son to us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that Jesus is coming back again to rule this world. He is the King of our kings and the Lord of our lords. I pray, Father, that you shall, Lord, continue to show yourself to your people in this house. Help them to find the purpose of their life. Help them to walk by faith, to please you, Lord. Help them, Father, to learn how to walk with you daily, Lord. Bless them financially. Heal their sickness and disease. Deliver them from the evil one. 
protect them, give them so much good, so that they can share the good with other people. Lord, help them to grow up mature and be strong in the Lord. Oh Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Fill them with your truth, and Lord, use them that one day they shall finish the course and the race that you set before them, and they shall have many rewards in heaven, Father. We thank you, Lord. Bless all of these people, Father, in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many people believe that you are blessed? Amen. Amen. Everyone say, I believe. believe. God will use me. God bless me. God will do good to me. I believe. I receive by faith. Year 2013. Gonna be the better year. Amen. hope this message has brought you joy and peace this Christmas season. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. And Merry Christmas.
Christ the King.